All right, welcome folks to last week I learned on the go. I am a week behind and I've decided better done than perfect. So you are hearing lots of traffic sounds. I'm currently in Koreatown in Los Angeles walking home, kind of living right on the border. So that is the background noise, the wonderful city of Los Angeles, still awake at this hour. So without further ado, let's dive in. We start this week with an article that I found fascinating. I love careful thought, and so this one fit the bill. It's called What I Won't Eat. And I wish my own thoughts about what I eat were this thoughtful. And reading this made me want to write my own version of this, even as I would not have anywhere near the depth of thought on this. So... I think it's worth a read. I don't agree with everything the author writes. I think he's far more noble than I. And I just kind of eat what comes across the table. But it's worth thinking and reading about. So that's the first one. Next up is called The Best Tax System on Earth. I found this one very surprising. And I don't know. I guess I'd kind of given up on a thoughtful tax system. I kind of imagined that that was something not real and far, far away. And it gave me some hope because this country has managed to pull off something remarkable. They have a rainy day fund as a result of their incredibly efficient tax system and the vibrant economy that comes from it. And I think in the U.S. there's a few boundaries to this and they're significant but it gives me some motivation to overcome them i think two of the biggest boundaries are one uh we're not able to legislate whatever side of the aisle you fall on you can agree that we suck at creating laws and we're very slow and inefficient at it and so to reform our existing tax system would require you know the changing of lots of laws and so that's a significant obstacle the other one though is lobbying and specifically into it. And I think this is one we could actually tackle because here's the tricky thing. The IRS has the answer key, right? This is, this is not a real world problem, right? This is a situation where the teacher wrote the test and they know the answers and they don't give them to you. And I think that makes sense in school when you're learning, it doesn't make sense for a tax code. And into it in particular, has worked to lobby things to stay as they are, when in reality, the IRS could in theory file your taxes for you in the vast majority of cases. And we wouldn't have this gigantic industry that's effectively a middleman making billions of dollars off of us. So this is an example of a country that kind of made it happen. It's a very small country, of course, as all these interesting cases are, but it's promising and you know, I need a little hope, so I'll take it. Next up is China's hawks don't understand how science advances. Now, this one is again kind of interesting and hopeful, right? So I think in this article, the author who you should read everything he writes, first of all, very interesting thinker. Second of all, what he lays out is, I think fundamentally an understanding of how technology evolves over time. And so while this is nominally about U.S. and China tension, more fundamentally, it's about how tech works. And I think it's incredibly interesting about 
how things evolve over time. And so he makes this point because he talks about what the U.S. is doing to try to prevent China from attaining certain technologies. And what they're doing is they're trying to crack down on the transfer of, you know, paper knowledge, patents, and, and those type of things. But what he talks about here is really interesting. He says the, the, the more complicated knowledge, the more useful knowledge is the, the kind of intuitive knowledge that people have in their heads and their bodies. And the unfortunate consequence of the way we're cracking down on, on China here is that people are scared and, and people are leaving. And that's the exact opposite of what you want to happen if you understand how technology works. If tech is about people and not abstract knowledge, then you want to keep people here, if possible. And so I think this has some really interesting implications for how we want to deal with technology in other countries. And, you know, again, says really interesting things about how tech works. I think one kind of point in support of this is when you think about how nuclear technology is transferred. I mean, I'm sure in the history of the world, nuclear blueprints have been leaked, right? It doesn't really do a lot. The real boots on the ground, and specifically if you look at how um, Israel, France, Germany acquired nuclear weapons is literally moving of people, right? So Israel acquired nukes because the French sent over nuclear scientists for years at a time to help them build their nuclear program, but they didn't send a bunch of blueprints, right? And so I think this theory has some credence. And one of the things it's doing is making me think about my physical location, right? I'm a remote worker, but I do want to live where technology is happening. So one of those places I'm thinking about is Pittsburgh. The city of Pittsburgh gets double the funding of the country of China or any other city in the United States for robotics. So it's really interesting. That's on my list. So this is already making me kind of rethink behavior and, you know, where I might live. Okay, next up, cover story. The meteoric rise, that should be rise, of La La Menorca Panaderia. Okay, so this is, I mean, I would be remiss to call it a coffee shop. Bakery slash coffee shop, right? Very LA in the sense that it's true to what LA was, which is a part of Mexico. And it serves incredible Mexican pastries and also drinks. I was lucky enough to try um, Café de Olla, which is like cinnamon coffee, and it blew my mind. I will be back. But I think it's a really interesting case of where data doesn't capture the real story. So when these, when the founders were thinking about starting this bakery, everyone told them that um, their target demographic, Latinos, did not spend money on things like coffee. And which is funny because these folks know that better than anyone. And so they knew their community, they knew themselves, and they knew they had something that the, the market hadn't filled. And so I think sometimes we get in this mode of looking for market research or data, right? And data is biased. Data has holes. And I think this is an excellent example of both um, honoring your culture and also having a really sharp business sense. And I think this is a really cool story of where those two met. All right. 
last but not least, Friday finds. Okay, so on the surface, this you know weekly newsletter is about travel, right? But it's really about reality, which is kind of a big claim to make. But what he talks about here is how you travel and why you travel that way. And it's about encountering reality as closely as you can. So I really loved the practical tips in here as well as the kind of philosophical look at travel and uh, reality. So that is all I have for this week. I'm just going to tell you about the articles. And if you want more, you can dig into the newsletter, which will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much.